Welcome to the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast, your place for all things health, wellness, self-care, and real talk. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, health coach, actor, and badass extraordinaire. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought with some serious real talk to help you find your passion, speak your truth, and get you one step closer to living your fuck yes life. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, 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 you guys. Welcome to episode nine of the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast. How are you guys doing? <laughs> I am coming off of a beautiful weekend. It is Monday that I'm recording this, um, but I just came back from our first Empowered and Free event, which happened yesterday. So Sunday, the 18th of March. Thank you to all of you guys who came out in person and saw us and just reveled in the magic of the day. It was so, so, so incredible. And my heart is just feeling really amazing <laughs> um, going into this 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 week. And I hope that you're feeling that way too as this week has progressed for you. And if it's not, know that there are always ways to find that light in your life. Um, I know that it's kind of a weird transition as we head into spring. Chicago has been like a mixture of super nice and warm and also not so nice and cold and raining and snowy. So give yourself some grace. Appreciate the fact that it's okay to not always feel bright and sunny, um, but also find those pockets of joy in those moments in your day. And that's what Sunday really reminded me of, of the power of our thoughts and the power of our abilities to just kind of shine our own lights in our day-to-day mess and, and crap and all of the bullshit. So I hope that's a reminder for you to do the same. I have a couple of announcements for you guys before we get started today. You guys, today's episode is unfreaking real. I cannot wait for you guys to just like dive into this and and cure everything that our guests today are sharing about. They are so incredible and I will introduce you to them in a second. But before we go, I have two quick announcements. So the first thing is a lot of you guys have been reaching out in our Facebook community and on Instagram um, of wondering if there's going to be another Empowered and Free event. The answer is yes. And as soon as we have the location locked down, we will let you guys know. Um, I will announce it on the podcast, but also in the Facebook community. So if you're not in there, make sure you hop on over. And second of all, I'm super excited to announce that I have officially opened enrollment for my April health and fitness challenges. So as you guys know, I'm a health coach and I work specifically with women to ditch the diet and find joy in fitness. So if you are feeling really tired of being on this yo-yo dieting cycle, feel like you have all of this crap coming into your life and your world um, telling you what to eat and when to eat it and you have to eat this and you can't eat that and just feeling really frustrated, you're constantly burnt out, your energy is low and you're just tired of feeling obsessive about your workouts or like you don't even know where to start when it comes to your nutrition or your health let me know direct message me shoot me an email you can find me uh, all my contact info on my website amandacatherineloy.com I'm only opening up 10 slots uh, for my April group so a couple of them have already been filled but I wanted to open them up to all of you because a lot of you guys have been asking me about when the next one is so officially announced you're welcome and hit me up if you're if you're interested we can chat more about your goals and see if it'd be a right fit for you 
So yeah, those are all the announcements today. You guys, episode, oh, this episode, it gives me all of the fucking chills. Like talking with Rachel and Kyle Wright from the Wright Wellness Center just changed so many things for me about the way I see relationships and sex and I know that you all can relate to this in some capacity, whether you are in a committed relationship or whether you are in a relationship with other people that's not romantic, right? Whether it's a friendship or a relationship with with a parent, a relationship with a coworker, it's so key to have really strong communication skills and to know what the fuck to do and say. And I feel like these topics are so often not discussed. And I can't wait to dive in to them with you all in this episode. But before we do, I am super excited to announce that this episode is brought to you by Bully Make. Bully Make is a dog subscription box for power chewers, and it comes straight to your doorstep. Super freaking easy. You guys, we got Toby's March box this past weekend and he went apeshit for it like oh it was so fun the toys are lasting and have lasted you know the the five six days already Um, and he's really loving playing with them and chewing on them and the treats that come with it so you get two to three like tough toys and then you also get three to four really delicious all-natural treats and they actually tailor them for your dog's needs so toby is allergic to grains gluten hello and he's also allergic um to chicken and so it's really hard for us to find toys and treats that work for him because he usually tears through them within 10 minutes for his toys and we spent 20 dollars on wasted toys like over and over again and he also you know it struggles we struggle with finding treats that fit all of his dietary needs and what I love about bully make is it's completely tailored for your dog so whether you are a dog owner yourself or maybe you have a friend or a family member in your life who has a dog it makes a really great gift it's a really sweet gesture um and as a dog owner myself it's been so nice to see People listen to what I need and want for my dog and actually tailor it to him. The treats, he's loving them. Um, and the the toys, like I said, are just so fun. He is going, he went apeshit for one of them. It's like this cute little um, treat inserter toy, and he has not stopped playing with it for the last four days. So definitely, definitely highly recommend. You can check them out on their website. It's Bully Make. B-U-L-L-Y-M-A-K-E.com. You can go to their website, check out. You can get one box, like three boxes. There's a whole bunch of different subscription options. And if you use the code L-Y-F-Y-L, short for Live Your Fuck Yes Life, you get $10 off your box. Super awesome. Its shipping is free to the U.S. and it also ships to Canada, Australia, and the U.K. I know I got some of you babes on here listening. So definitely check out your options they tailor it again to your dog. Um, so check it out. Have fun. Give your dog that little extra boost of joy and love because I know if you're as big as a dog mom dorko as I am, your dog will love this. So definitely check them out. Again, that's B-U-L-L-Y-M-A-K-E.com and the code is L-Y-F-Y-L. All right, all right, all right. Now it is time. 
to shout you guys out for shouting the podcast out because holy shit, you guys have been resonating so much with the last couple of episodes and it makes my heart so happy to see you guys sharing reviews on iTunes and and shouting out the podcast on Instagram. We're at live your fuck yes life. It's all lowercase, all the words. So check us out if you're not already on there. Um, but I wanted to shout out an amazing lady who shouted out live your fuck yes life on Instagram. And she said, this was such a great episode. And she was talking about episode seven with Claire Baker. So if you haven't listened to that one, make sure you go back and take a listen. She said, I've been off the pill for about four months now. And this episode just validated my decision even more. I'm so glad to hear that it was a positive thing for you, Laura at Laura Suzanne land. Um, and that you could relate to the story that Claire shared and that I shared on the podcast. Just for, so you guys know, I have been sharing my updates kind of as we go in our uh, Facebook community, but I have officially decided to go off the pill for my own reasons. Um, again, like I said in episode seven, the you know being on the birth control pill is really important for some people, and I'm really glad that I was on it, and I've shared more about that and why in the community, um, specifically surrounding my BRCA diagnosis, um, which you know you have been has been a big part of my life lately. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know all about that. So. Yeah, it definitely was a, a big shift, but I've decided to officially go off of it and I will be switching to the copper IUD. So if you guys have any questions about that, hop on over to our community and we'll be chatting there more as we go through the process. But I'm so glad it's resonated with so many of you guys and that it's helped you kind of look at things a little differently and how to navigate your own life. So that is fucking rad. And my goal with the podcast is to help you guys just give you the tools to really rock out your lives and make choices that feel aligned for you. So way to go, Laura. And I'm so glad that it rocked your world. All right, you guys, are you ready? Are you ready for this episode? I don't think you're ready for this jelly. Okay. All right, here we go. So Rachel and Kyle Wright, are incredible, you guys. And I can't wait to tell you all about them. I felt like if I was talking to old friends, like truly, and they are just such incredible humans. Um, they actually had me on their podcast too. Um, the episode hasn't launched yet. As soon as it does, I'll let you guys know. But just like their dynamic as a couple, they're like couple goals for real. Um, and what I love so much is that they talk so openly about the bullshit within communication and relationships and sex that like we just don't talk about um and that's those are the three pillars they talk about sex and relationships and mental health and what they have basically done is they've created this incredible company called the right wellness center and their goal is to bridge the gap between a self-help book and a therapist's couch so they're bringing psychoeducation to life and equipping people with tools that they need and honestly, that our society doesn't teach us to have fulfilling and healthy relationships and lives. Some things we chat about in today's episode are how they have worked on their marriage while building a business in tandem, um, how to get out of the roommate trap in your relationship and why you're even in it in the first place, um, really incredible and, and tangible communication tools that will help you get beyond the, you know, the, the nitty gritty frustration in your relationships, um, how to actually understand your emotions that you and your partner are experiencing, um, and how to get back to, you know, that intimate, like, yes, I want to rip your clothes off phase, um, when you've lost that spark in your relationship and so much more, you guys, we talk about so many incredible things. There are some seriously beautiful, actionable tools in here that I cannot wait for you guys to get your hands on. So without further ado, here we go. 
for sure. And that's the thing. And that's what I love about you guys. And we're just going to dive right in. Like, I legitimately think it's so cool to have both of your perspectives when it comes to talking about this stuff, because as a woman who is married, um, you know, like I know what I feel and I know how I navigate my shit and talk to my girlfriends about it. Um, but I feel like there's this really weird disparate, like communication when it comes to sex and even just relationship stuff that doesn't seem to really happen between couples or even friends of separate sex and even sometimes friends of the same sex. And I love that you guys oh, yeah. are just so open about bo sharing both of your perceptions and how you navigate it within your own relationship, but also talking about, you know, sex of all sorts of different kinds. So I guess, okay, take me back a little bit as to like what you guys what inspired you guys to start talking about sex and relationship stuff? Um, was it your guys's like relationship and how you were navigating that? Was it dealing with clients? Cause I know Rachel, that's a big part of your life. Like how did that kind of come to be for you guys? It's a really great question. Yeah, um, we actually are kind of a unicorn couple when it comes to this topic. <laughs> yep. And <laughs> I would say that because when we first started like hanging out, um, <laughs> our second night together hanging out and okay, let me rewind a little bit because <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Kyle yeah, and I, what met. does hanging out mean? <laughs> right, exactly. exactly. I'm like, what wait we, a minute. Like, okay. school, we're like hanging yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> Going to the movies, you know, exactly. under like, the bleachers. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god, I love it! Like hanging yeah, out outside out the, the, movie the movie theater. theater. <laughs> yep. yep. Oh, it's amazing. So hanging out is. So we met opening up restaurants. Um, we were both on the corporate training team for a restaurant company. I met her a year before when she was the employee, and I was the corporate trainer. Oh. Yes, but we didn't get along then. No, but. <laughs> Yeah, I need. we were introduced because we're both Jewish, but not religious. They're like, do you two know each other? And we're like, that's Shut not up, how so Jewish people I. work. Really? Oh my God. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> like technically yeah. I'm Jewish. Both of my oh. maternal grandmothers are both Jewish and have a crazy long history in that world. And yeah, that's so crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, yeah. Mom and my mom, my mom's side of the family is all super Jewish, but I, it's just not a religious thing for me anyway. But they were like, you two know each other because you're both Jewish. I'm like, well, that's not how it works. We don't like, it's like part a of lot the tribe. Of <laughs> and at the time I lived in uh, Southern California and he was in Northern California. Okay. And so we met, I thought he was a total asshole, um, which he was. Yeah. And I was the typical, like people pleasing overachiever no at, all. at the time front of the class, raising your hand, bothering the people teaching. That's, that's if by bothering, you mean asking questions, then yeah, I was a huge bother. <laughs> <laughs> so we met, we had total opposite personalities, kind of the extremes of mm -hmm. stereotypes at the mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Um, I just started in my master's program at the back then. So flash forward a year, we were both on the corporate training team and our first time hanging out together, we were living in a hotel together. Um, so when I say like our second night that we hung out, it's right. because we were like forced in the same yeah. place. Right. So when you open a restaurant, it's basically, if you're on the training team, uh, you get handed about three times the staff that the restaurant will actually run with. And it's 12 to 16 hour days, seven days a week. You get one day off the day before the restaurant opens. So you can't like go crazy and oh be all hung over when the restaurant opens. So you're literally, we were side by side every like day, all day. And then yeah. you just go back to the hotel where you eat food, drink, and bitch about what you just did. 
Yeah. And so we were just in this environment all the time. So we spent so much time together right away. We really just started talking. So the first time that we realized like, oh, we, something's up. this is something's here. Something's up. Mm-hmm. Immediately, we were like, let's tell each other about every sexual experience we've ever had. <laughs> Wait, and like I, basically first date? Yeah, we hadn't like even snuggled. been on our first date. Yeah, we like snuggled oh and watched like God. movies, but nothing had happened. I think we like even barely kissed, but we were like both kind of in this mind, like we're both pretty open people and we we like sex and we like talking about it. Mm-hmm. And we both have, you know, had our fair share of interesting, funny stories and experiences. So we were just kind of shooting the shit. And yeah. as it seemed so innocent right away and so normal, it really started kind of catching up with us. We were like, oh, wow, we really enjoy being around this person. We've mm-hmm. had a lot of similar life experiences. Like there's a lot here that we we like being around. And what I loved is that from the very beginning, he was so honest about mm-hmm. not only his past, but also what he was wanting in the present based mm-hmm. on what he learned from his past. That's and so, so huge. Right. Yeah. And even before our first date. So like by the time we said, I love you, and like became boyfriend and girlfriend, like we knew more about each other than I had known about most of my exes like two years in. This is so crazy. Can I just say for a second, this, you guys sound like your story sounds so much like mine and my husband's. And you guys also like, I'm also type A overachiever, like Hermione Granger status 101. Oh yeah, no, 100%. And my husband was kind of a dick. The first time I met him, I was like, you're such an arrogant prick. Like, who do you think you fucking are? And we'll never forget that. And then it's like, we had our first date and we were talking about being in diapers together when we're 80. Like, what? (laughs) Yeah. 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 On our first date, one of the women who was opening the restaurant who we were training came with her boyfriend to meet up with us for like one drink. And she- Seven drinks. Yeah, it ended up being more than one. And she's sitting there and she's like- I'm going to lift the chair during the hora at your wedding. And we were like, what? Well, yeah, this is our first date, weirdo. Like, no. Did she lift the yeah. chair? She, no. She didn't come. That but we did, did have come. chairs and we did have a hora. Oh, right. fun. So that, you know, the funny thing is too, is that happened to me when I got back from uh, opening that restaurant and I was like, so mixed up, like something, this girl, Rachel, she's just, I like something's going on. We're not sure what we're doing. My manager uh, at the time, who was also very aware of the situation, when I got back, he's like, so you and Rachel, like, it's a thing, right? I was like, how did you know this? Mm-hmm. Apparently someone else had seen it coming kind of early on with our, like, thing for each other. We're like yin and yang. Yeah. yeah, and now you guys are also, like, working in business together, which completely also shifts the dynamic within real relationship. So touch a little bit about how that has impacted your marriage and and kind of how you guys have navigated that process in the last I guess probably a year a little over a year now yeah yeah I mean it's hard we've been in this period of uh incredible growth for the last 12 months or so but we've been reflecting really heavily the last week or so trying to learn from our past a little bit and kind of also pat ourselves on the back for being where we are because it's really easy to put your head down and not celebrate your accomplishments or your achievements Mm -hmm. and so we've been reflecting a lot on the things we've done which has been helpful to answer this question because it's really easy to be like, I don't know, we just do it. It's super simple. And like, <laughs> that's every week, whatever. Yeah. Um, you just talk and that's what you don't talk. Okay. Um, but we've really worked hard to be able to communicate the way we have. We got lucky, I think, starting our relationship from a working standpoint and being literally side by side in that aspect, mm-hmm. training restaurants. Yeah. Because we opened up 
two locations together, uh, and that was, and then I did three, three, two. It was Westlake Village and then San Mateo. I thought. Oh yeah. Yeah, there you go too. But either way, <laughs> like we had still worked plenty of times like around that, and we ended up you know transferring to one restaurant to work together later on. We moved in together, so we had kind of a working relationship to start. And for whatever reason, we just kind of separated our relationship from that. I think that there's definitely days where because we're married and work together, you can't like kind of get away from your business from time, like sometimes, but it's the same way as when you you go home from your job and not be able to let a negative interaction from that job go. And it's just like you're feeling it all the time. And I used to do that all the time before I started working full-time in Wright Wellness Center. Uh, I think it's just similar. I I feel like our relationship is stronger now than Mm. it was when we worked at different jobs. And I think that that's because we have set up such clear boundaries and such time. Like we have, so one of our free resources that we offer is our family meeting. And that's actually came from its original form was like on a napkin Mm -hmm. because Kyle. I like needed to, I was having a hard time keeping up with our our schedule as it started getting busier and busier. And this was more around the time we started planning our wedding. And when I was still working full-time at a bar and we were kind of starting to poke poking at this idea of right wellness center of mm-hmm. like maybe we could have an online business with some of Rachel's like teachings maybe you kind of translate it and took a script or whatever um yeah we were just so it was really hard to feel connected to our to like my schedule because mm-hmm. there's so much going on and so many different things and I came from a very like simple I chose a very simple life before meeting Rachel and we I was just like super, I'm not no <laughs> I, I intentionally kept like my my needs very low, but all of a sudden I was like, Oh, we, we have so much more going on mm-hmm. and I want to do it. But I also want to feel like I'm like not caught off guard every single day. And we're like, wait, yeah. I have to do what? 10 things today. Oh, okay. So we started meeting once a week, like on a Sunday to be like, okay, what do we have coming up ahead? And that was what helped me sort of have an organized view of each week. So mm-hmm. I knew it was going on for whatever, but, uh, well, and in that family meeting, we have a specific, portion that's about the relationship yeah. so that we were checking in on how we're doing for the wedding, <laughs> how we're doing with bills. How's the schedule for the next week? Okay. Now, how are you feeling about me? Like, yeah, that's huge. Yeah. That's such and a so powerful often we tool. We sit down to just talk about like chores and bills mm-hmm. and not, you know, Hey, what is something that I did that you appreciated this week? Yeah. Or how can I support you in the week moving forward? Yeah. I try to do that and I'm not very good at doing it all the time, but I've read, do you know George Carlin, the comedian? Yeah. yeah. So his wife, after he passed away, wrote this book. Um, and I can't remember the title right now. I'll put it in the show notes for you guys, but it's this post, this book all about their relationship. And they wrote post-it notes to each other very early on. And my husband and I both, when we were living apart for the, after three months of being together, we were living apart when we were first dating for three months. And, um, we both got each other a gift as like a coming back together thing. And it was the same fucking book. And literally we exchanged it. We, and we had both gone through the process of like going through the book and writing down things that reminded, I mean, it was ridiculous. Like, yeah. And I had covered mine with my own post-it notes and he had just written in the book in a Sharpie, but we had always had this post-it note thing. And so like, I try really hard and and I feel like in the past few years we've gotten away from this, which we're trying to like navigate back through. And that's just the process of being in a relationship and, and figuring out those waters. But yes, yeah, like I, I really try to say like, and even, even just little texts throughout the day, like you did this and I really appreciated it. Um, 
because I think it's you're right it's so easy to just be like hey did you pay that bill or hey don't forget to take out the dog or hey I am gonna be late tonight can you make dinner (laughs) totally right totally and so our conversations end up being like and that's why we end up falling into the roommate trap yeah it's like you're you're trading you're dueling each other with your responsibilities you're like well I have this can you do that you're like well I have this what about that (laughs) and so having it laid out ahead of time was really helpful i think to so is kind this of make something it, you like schedule a, what was that is this something you guys schedule every week or yeah yeah okay. i'm trying to do it like once a week but it really helps um make it feel like you're a team going after something yeah. rather than a pair of individuals trying to figure something out totally that's so yeah. key yeah so is there anything else that you guys would recommend if 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 someone listening is experiencing the roommate trap with their significant other like how would you say to get kind of slowly move out of that and what's the best way to go about that so we always like to come at things from the biopsychosocial perspective meaning what's going on biologically Mm -hmm. what's going on psychologically and what's going on outside of you in your social world that's impacting those things Okay. So on a biological level, if we're falling into the roommate trap, it's probably because our hormones, like our sex hormones and connection hormones are not there. Mm-hmm. So in women, this can look like low testosterone, lower estrogen, um, lower oxytocin, things like that. Mm-hmm. And they're the, all of those yummy feelings that we get when we like first have sex mm-hmm. with our partner, you know, that, that honeymoon phase where you're like, Oh my God, I don't care. It's three 30 in the morning. Like oh, do yeah. me, like do always. me. <laughs> and now, you know, then you wake up and you're like two years in, you're like, get the fuck off of yeah, me. It's three like, 30 in the morning. I'm tired. <laughs> exactly. And so the, the oxytocin helps with that. Yeah. Um, so on a biological level, you can do things like sexting. Mm. which I know can sound really, I usually get a giggle from people when I say that because it can sound really juvenile, but it's, but so, it's, it's so not true. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it helps bring the testosterone and oxytocin to the front of the brain, yeah. which can help with the roommate thing. Yeah. And then psychologically, are you spending time right. with your partner? Like, do you even have the mental capacity mm. to hold your partner in that space? And I know I've had weeks where I've had to say, hey, babe, I love you so much. (laughs) This week is going to be so crazy for X, Y, and Z reasons. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to need you more in the capacity of my business partner this week. And then next week, let's make sure we have like three date nights on the calendar. Mm -hmm. Because we're going to need to really make up for the fact that like, I'm not going to be able to kiss you for five days because I know I'm going to be so stressed or whatever it is. Right. And really being able to express that so that he's not sitting there being like, wait, why is she being so standoffish this week? Mm. And now why is this, why are we going out on three dates? I don't understand. So think, yeah. And the key, I think for what you just said is that you actually tell him, like you communicate that like what communication in a relationship. What is that? What does it mean? I don't know. <laughs> For real though, like I, I, I mean, and this is something that I think all couples deal with. Oh of, yeah, of ev- of every kind, no matter what point you are in the relationship. But I have so many women in my life who don't like they just don't communicate with their partners at all. Like there's mm-hmm. no communication. And can you guys? I, okay, t- finish your your thing about the the bio and the psycho, and we'll get we'll get to communication because I feel like there's so many things to talk about. Fuck. Oh, I lo- I know. I'm like yes, communication. <laughs> okay, let's talk all the things. Um, 
Yeah. Okay. So mental space and communicating 100% social. What's going on outside of you that could be contributing to the roommate feeling? Okay. So how are you having friends over? How are you spending your time? Is every time Kyle going out, he's hanging out with his single friends. So he's coming back with this really different mentality that maybe is different from what I'm experiencing Mm -hmm. and having that attitude of curiosity Mm. and really coming into a conversation. And this can bleed right into the communication discussion of what's going on. Not you're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Not the blame game. Yes. Right. Because nothing makes someone more defensive than an accusation. And then we're like, oh, why are you being defensive? Well, I don't know. You just fucking accused me of something. Of course I'm being defensive. Yeah. Right. So, okay. Because I know this is something that I also struggle with. And I'm sure a lot of you listening feel the same way. Like, it's so easy when you're frustrated to just be like, well, but you were doing this and it made me feel like this. Or you were doing this and that's why we had. So how do you like shift when you're having, when you're trying to really intentionally have a conversation and genuinely communicate, how do you shift the words you say so that it doesn't feel like you're blaming, but you're still allowing you're still allowing yourself to express how you feel? Yes. Well, so we do have a, a so a lot of people in the relationship field that are looking for relationship help, they want like a silver bullet, they want like a pill that's going to mm-hmm. fix the scenario and. The, the reality of that is it's not real. That's right. not going to happen. Yeah. But we have the best closest thing is we have communication scripts uh, that we have as one of our freebies that helps you tailor your conversation to use the correct words and to use the correct terminology to make sure that that doesn't happen and you're not blaming. Okay. But one of my favorite things to, to remind people of when it was the situation that Edith outlined, you're making me feel this. Mm-hmm. No one makes you feel anything. Yeah. You feel with your perception of life. Yeah. And if someone's doing something that's making that you feel something about that's negative, it's really important to communicate that in the way that's saying like, hey, I feel this way sometimes when you do this, but I- I'm struggling with the feelings around it. Like I want to share that with you instead of mm-hmm. every time you do this, I feel like shit. Right. Yeah. Because that's a blame 100% on that person. And in relationships, nothing's really 100% anyone. So really being able to say like exactly what Kyle said, I feel hurt when you don't acknowledge me when you come home from work instead of you need to do this yes or you're not paying attention to me you're making me feel neglected when you don't ask so it's putting it on yourself instead Mm -hmm. of putting it on the other person yeah and really honoring your feelings yeah and being able to say i feel sad i feel hurt and what comes up there is we sometimes can realize that we suck at identifying our own feelings. Mm, yeah. And if we can't identify our own feelings, how can our partner yeah. identify those feelings and then communicate in a way that's going to acknowledge and help you feel seen and feel validated if you don't know what it is you're feeling to begin with? So how do you so do a that? Lot of, <laughs> what? How do you do that? Like, how do you figure out your feelings? It's a great question. Kyle, do you want to, cause so I, this question is so good. I'll come at it from such a therapist perspective. And do I it. think that Kyle's perspective on this is, on feelings. is <laughs> Feel the so feels. good because he knows the clinical tools, mm-hmm. but he also has more of the experience being on the client side too. Yeah. I well, So when it comes to trying to translate your own feelings, it can be really challenging. 
Mm. Especially for, uh, in my perspective, it's challenging on a guy's standpoint because sharing feelings that are not like, I feel awesome can be really challenging to it's, it sounds, I feel like I'm insane when I say it, but the whole masculinity thing out there in the world has been really limiting for men. I think Mm -hmm. to the point where we feel afraid to share our feelings for the uh, perception of feeling weak, which is crazy. Yeah. So I think that the way of saying you made me feel this is a great way of protecting yourself from seeing how you're actually feeling because that mm-hmm. phrase makes it seem like it was rainbows and sunshine before Rachel said something. And now I feel bad because <laughs> my rainbows and sunshine are gone. You said something that made me feel bad. Um, but being vulnerable and hurt like that is really challenging for a lot of people to share mm-hmm. because, well, that's the catch 22 of vulnerabilities that your relationship grows so much when you're being vulnerable. And you leave yourself open to incredible things. But that aspect of leaving yourself vulnerable and open is really scary for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I would say slightly scarier culturally for guys right now. I Mm -hmm. think that it's just really hard to be able to come out and say, I'm afraid of this or I'm hurt by that or Our culture too has this weird, I feel like thing going on right now which makes me want to shoot myself in the face feelings are not opinions yeah feelings are not ideas so like this whole how do you feel oh well i feel like i want to blah 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 blah. Mm -hmm. that's not an emotion yeah and we use it just like you're saying as like this mask to not be vulnerable so i like to encourage people to sit for 20 seconds literally 20 seconds like set a timer anybody can do anything for 20 seconds Mm -hmm. And just scan your body from the very tip top of your head to the very tiptoes of your feet. Mm -hmm. Do you feel any tension? Do you feel any sensations of like glitter exploding anywhere? (laughs) Glitter explosions from my chest. (laughs) Yeah, like what are you feeling and where is it? And a lot of times that physical awareness can help us really identify Mm -hmm what emotion it is we're feeling. So for me, I know I carry anxiety. If Mm. I'm feeling anxious about something in the future, it carries in my tummy. Mm. So if I have an upset stomach, I can almost immediately be like, I feel anxious. (laughs) In fact, to almost a detriment where if I have a stomach ache, I'll be like, I'm anxious. Oh, no, no, no. It's just a stomach ache. (laughs) And that's, it's almost a good problem to have, right? When we're like associating those things. Yeah. (laughs) But Kyle, how do you look internally and figure out what it is you're feeling well so with to answer that question i i I think about it for more like extreme emotions like if i'm angry at something or i'm really apprehensive about something which is the term i'll use for anxiety just because the way i think about it's a slightly different uh process um I always try to look at the why to kind of separate it from myself, because if I can put my emotions across the room and look at them for a little bit and be like, why do you exist? Mm. And kind of trace them to the source. Like, am I really upset at something that happened on this occasion? Or is this separate thing bothering me? Or have I not talked to my friends back home in a month? You know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll look at the reasons why I'm not feeling great and kind of try to distance myself from them a little bit because Mm. with my, personality and who I am I have always worn my emotions very much on my sleeve Mm -hmm. and it's taken me a long time to be aware of how much that rubs off on other people so I'm hyper aware of why I'm feeling certain things and so I'll have to I'll distance myself from them and take a little bit of time 
just to kind of see why I'm feeling something and sort of look at the reasons rather than the results. That's so cool. I love that. And I think, and that's the thing is I don't think there's one thing that works for everyone in figuring that out. I think it's just about like failing forward as you figure it and and try to find what works. Like for me, journaling has been a huge part of that. Um, Just writing every day Mm -hmm. and even just doing like a end of day kind of scan in a sense, but, but more just like, okay, how was my day? Why did I feel this way? And just getting really, I don't know, in touch with myself and yeah, curious and allowing myself to slow down because I think when we, and I think that's the breath exercise is so important too. And also just separating yourself from, from your emotion and, and giving it space. Like we're all talking about the same thing. It's just giving yourself a breath and the ability to slow down for a little bit so you can actually hear yourself. Right. Um, And it takes work. It takes practice. I think I don't think it's something that happens overnight if you're not used to doing that. So 100%. Well, yeah, I I think that uh, society has this band-aid mentality towards most negative things. Whereas instead of trying to figure out the reason for something or how you really feel about it or whether or not you're willing to make a massive life change, we want to go out with our friends drinking one night and forget about it. Or we want to slap a band-aid on the temporary situation, whatever gets us through this uncomfortable feeling right now. Mm-hmm. is what societally speaking, I think people are focusing on more. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas that's, you know, as we've seen, that doesn't help because things still build up over time and you have yeah. bigger like emotional explosions later on rather than being able to address them as you feel them. Right. And that also goes right back to communication because if you're not talking and sharing these things with your partner, then you're going to have these massive drawn out fights where you just don't understand where the other person is coming from at all because there hasn't been that communication. So, exactly. right. How can you, how can you set up like practices or tools or something within your relationship so that you are dedicating yourself to the practice of sharing? Cause maybe it's hard for you. Maybe it's really easy and you're just an over communicator naturally, but I know a lot of my listeners really struggle with communicating with their partner um, and also feeling like their partner is communicating with them. Um, So how, how would you, how would you help them kind of navigate that? So there's two pieces to that, right? There's like the logistical piece and then there's the emotional piece. Mm -hmm. So it's making sure that like, if you're the type of person who needs things to be on the calendar for them to happen, like put it on the calendar. I am. Hands raised. Yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> Google Cal is real, you guys. We just discovered Google Calendar a few months ago and it's transformed our relationship. Like you uh, can share it. It's the bomb. <laughs> yes, we share. We have an email address on Gmail just for a joint calendar. Love yeah. it. <laughs> we had a wedding specific one too, like just for wedding stuff. Ooh, that's smart. Take notes. It was- Oh yeah. And then when the wedding was over, we just got rid of it. So Mm -hmm. like no more junk mail, you know, targets not emailing us like 80 times a day. We Mm -hmm. do need to track them down still. And we never got our wedding album sent to us. We need to track them down. Oh shit. You're right. Yeah. But they have it all still. It's not a huge concern. (laughs) So anyway, time. (laughs) See, we're like, okay, communicate right now. So creating the space and time, just like creating the space to access your emotions. Mm -hmm. That's the outside piece, right? Like, and honestly, that's the easiest part. And when I hear I don't have time from people, I always like to remind everybody that we all get 24 hours. Yep. Beyonce has 24 hours in a day. 
Yep. Yep. <laughs> and honestly, it's like the only thing that's equal. Yeah. yeah. It's all you have is time. You like, don't have anything. We all have different genetics. We all mm-hmm. have different socioeconomic stuff that we're born into. We all have different everything. Like the one thing that is the same is that we all get 24 hour days. Right. So when I hear I don't have time, I call bullshit. It's not your priority. And that's okay. We can acknowledge that. But there is a power in claiming I have the time. I'm choosing to spend it on this because Mm -hmm. this is my priority Mm -hmm. instead of what I don't have time to communicate with my partner. Let's, you know, let's unpack that. Yeah. (laughs) So the, the logistical piece first, um, but then actually in the communication, really understanding the importance of why you want to understand each other's mm. emotions and figuring out what it is for you. So with me and Kyle, for example, I'm an empath and I totally absorb all of the feelings that he has going on. Mm-hmm. So when he was talking about wearing his emotions on his sleeve, it used to happen at the beginning of our relationship, if he would get stressed out in traffic we'd be in the car and he's like you fucking guy all of a sudden I have like tense shoulders Mm -hmm. my stomach hurts Mm -hmm. and I'm like fuck you Kyle like man I was in a great (laughs) mood (laughs) why do you gotta put this shit on me and he's like I'm just upset at the driver like why do you have to take it so personally yeah right it was such a confusing thing because for me it was five seconds of something and then it was gone like it was literally a passing cloud but then my reaction to that would be so impactful on Rachel that mm-hmm. it sort of it was a contentious thing at the beginning but only through communication and understanding have we kind of changed that a little bit yeah mm-hmm. so we also I moved had... out of the bay area which helped the driving thing. that's very true <laughs> bay area Bullshit. so really like I had to explain to Kyle that understanding his underlying emotions for me could help me understand what was about me and what was about other things. Yeah. And if it was about other things, then that was my job to set up that wall and yeah. not absorb that. Mm-hmm. That's not his job. So it became very um easy it became easier for yes. Kyle to say, Hey, I think that this drive is gonna be kind of stressful. <laughs> like I, I've looked at the traffic and it's not looking great. So just just as a heads up. And so then I kind of have a different, I, I put Teflon on mm. in the car, right? And I know that everything he says can just roll off. Because you're more prepared for it. Exactly. Yeah. So right. that was our beginning of why was really to understand. And I think Kyle can speak more to this, but I struggled a lot with anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of the worst, probably the worst I've ever had it was when we were getting married for many different reasons. And so- right. I knew I had to share that with Kyle for him to understand how I was existing Mm -hmm. at the time. I don't know if Mm -hmm. you want to speak to that more. Well, yeah. I mean, with the driving thing, that was a big distinction for me because it went from I am angry to I am upset at this particular situation. Like I had a really hard time differentiating between the two. Mm. Uh, And that was a learned behavior from an old job where I had had to be a dick to really get my way with anything. So (laughs) I would just kind of embody my emotion that I felt like if I felt an extreme emotion, I would like embody that for like the entire day, which as anyone can tell is probably very unhealthy. Um, (laughs) But when Rachel, especially with work too, I'll come with like a a storm cloud over my head. Um, Mm -hmm. Like pig pen, but with like shitty energy. Oh, great, 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 great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, (laughs) I was super fun visual. to work with. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. 
uh, the funny thing is that I have a bunch of old coworkers actually in our little community and every now and then we'll get like a shout out where they're like, no, it's true. He actually was like that. Um, mm. But with the anxiety around the wedding, I, the way we had discussed everything and the way that Rachel had explained her anxiety to me over the years and in this particular situation when we, she was feeling an overwhelm of emotions and feelings, she communicated that as best as possible in that circumstance to me. Mm-hmm. And because we have worked so much on our communication and being able to understand each other, the whole thing, and we actually never really found out if anyone else thought something was off because like apparently the ceremony took a little longer than was supposed to like getting up to, but I had no idea the whole time because I knew the anxiety was not about our relationship. It wasn't about anything. Mm-hmm. It was the fact that there was, you know, the planning of the wedding was slightly weird and we had made everything by hand and there mm-hmm. was like 150 people and oh my god you have a dog in the background He's so oh cute. yeah Toby. Um, i wish you guys could see him and be chilling with him he's the best oh i want oh. to snuggle with him is that he's a labradoodle so he's a golden doodle yeah <laughs> i kind of want one the hypoallergenic thing is like yeah. a really nice little he's, perk. and their personalities i mean he's the goofiest he gives human hugs i mean i could talk about him forever i should just do a whole podcast about toby because he's the love I think of my you life should. Well, his mm-hmm. name's toby yeah, so Toby. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we had just learned to uh, to really be open with our communication, and you know, I I knew that the way Rachel was feeling had nothing to do with me, so I yeah. wasn't concerned. But you knew that because I told you. Well, yeah, and because I was able to like look at her in distress and still separate me wanting to run in there and like save her, or make her feel better, and just realize that that's a circumstance that she feels, and we can just do our best to work around it. And we did actually, and mm-hmm. leaned on the people who we knew could help in that circumstance, and they did, and. Here we are married. I had a panic attack on our wedding day. Like yeah. 10 minutes before I walked down the aisle, I was throwing up shaking in the room in my dress and like sweating. And all my bridesmaids are looking at me like, oh my God, the wedding's going not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, all these people are here and they all need things from me. And it was so overwhelming. Yeah. And like Kyle said, it was so important to me that everyone knew that it was not about the fact that I was marrying Kyle. Right, right. <laughs> because that's what everybody just thinks, right? right. Like, yeah. oh my God, she's freaking out on her course. wedding day. It's about getting married. Yeah. And I had no idea any of that was happening, which just goes to show perspective because that was her world. And like mm-hmm. people in the room, sure, they thought it was running a little bit long, but I didn't notice it until later, <laughs> really. Right, I just yeah. stayed so focused and present. I trusted the fact that she'd be down there and I wasn't too yeah. worried. And yeah, yeah. That's, that's a crazy story. But from a communication standpoint, it sounds like, what you're basically saying is that just talk to your partner, just share where you're at and do it in a way that's calm and in a setting that's comfortable for you both. Um, I'm asking before, especially for men. So when it's female to male Mm -hmm. and you're the female, however you identify, Mm -hmm. And you're wanting to have this conversation and express how you're feeling, Mm -hmm. not just going in and, hey, Kyle, I need to tell you how I'm feeling. Okay, so this is how I'm feeling. I'm feeling blah, 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 blah. And then his head's like, (laughs) yeah, like I was watching TV. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And men's brains are designed to focus on one thing at a time, Mm -hmm. which is a fucking blessing. And I wish my brain could do that. Story of my life. (laughs) Right? Hey, it's not all sunshine and rainbow. Let me know. (laughs) So really going up to your male partner in this case and actually saying, hey, I want to share some stuff with you Mm -hmm. about how I'm feeling. When would be a good time? Yeah, that's huge. Mm -hmm. Like so Huge. huge. I have started implementing this 
for about a year and it's been a total game changer, you guys. So take it from someone who did not always do this and was just like, hey, so I was having this and literally like 10 minutes later, he's like, wait, were you talking to me? Yes, yes, I was talking to you. What do you mean? And then, of course, an entire fight would happen. Like, right. oh, my gosh, you're right. not paying attention to me. You don't see me. All this bullshit. When really it was I wasn't giving him the chance to make space for it because I yeah. wasn't asking. <laughs> and right. it's huge. It's so huge. Just that simple thing of, hey, something's going on with me. and I, Or I went through something today. I would really love the chance to talk to you about how I'm feeling about it when would be like is now an okay time or we can Mm -hmm. you know talk about this tomorrow i just would love to make some time to really have space to share this with you that is huge you guys oh so thank you for bringing that up because like total game changer yeah yeah. and even on the on the receiving receiving partners aspect in that it's so important to listen to hear what the person's saying rather Mm -hmm. than hearing for to make a response so or to make to her understand. or to make your partner feel better regardless of what the actual reason is they're like i'm feeling stressed you're like well then just go relax mm-hmm. it, it, it's really important to be able to sit back and just just like hear what they're saying exactly and just hold the space for them yeah and just make sure that they're heard in all of their things because when you do the same thing you want to make sure that you're heard and it's not a, totally. a duel instead of a conversation one totally. other little tip around that too mm-hmm. is when you're asking for that space, being clear about if it's an I need your advice situation mm-hmm. or I need to word vomit and I need you to hold the trash can. Yeah. Yeah, that's really huge because sometimes yeah. you that don't need advice. Great. Sometimes you just need to say your shit and just have a person to say it to. <laughs> Right. right. And yeah. and how frustrating is it when we do that? And then our partner's like, well, what I think yeah. you need or to do. And you're I like, would do. no, 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 I don't care what yeah. you think. I just wanted to get it out. No, that's, that's huge. That's a, that's a great point. I love that. Okay. I have a bunch of listener questions. We might not be able to get through all of them, but they were very excited that you guys were coming on. Um, and a yeah, lot of stuff so about awesome. like sex specifically. So let's just dive right in. So um, in terms of like, intimacy and lack of desire in partnerships how do you navigate that when it happens in a relationship that you've been in especially one that started off in a a really positive or what felt positive like sexual experience where you guys were on the same page there was that intimacy factor and then all of a sudden it seems to have kind of dissipated well let's first acknowledge that that's totally normal yeah Mm -hmm. and will happen numerous times in any long-term relationship yeah everything's working on a spectrum life ebbs and flows. You can't control it. Like really you can't. Yeah. So just acknowledging that that's normal. I think that that's the first thing because so many of us are like, Oh no, I don't, I don't want to have sex. I must need a divorce. Right. The relationship's dead. Right. I don't want to be intimate. What? No, No. (laughs) your hormones could just be off that day or you could have you could be taking a medication that's affecting your libido. Mm -hmm. Um, Libido is one of those things that literally everything affects Mm -hmm. it's like a kitchen sink effect yeah like anything and everything that affects your life affects your libido 10 times more than that Mm -hmm. um especially in women and you teach a course all about this right yeah Mm -hmm. yeah we actually we run a group program well i run it kyle helps me with the curriculum i do the back end stuff on this everything else i'm out in front of with rachel but this is the one thing that uh i just sort of help her with the back end stuff but Mm -hmm. it's called ladies and libidos Mm -hmm. and i'll link that in the show notes for you guys what? I just said, I'll link that in the show notes for everyone. Oh, listening. perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a really cool group program. It's a small, intimate program. And um, one of the main questions we get asked 
all the time is what lowers libido? It's this question. Mm -hmm. And honestly, anything. (laughs) And that's, it's a shitty answer. I know. And those of you listening are like, cool. Awesome. Super helpful, Rachel. Thanks for that. Yeah, yeah, that was a great answer. Slow clap. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. But really looking at the biopsychosocial piece again, right? So what medicines are you taking that are Mm -hmm. affecting or could be affecting your libido? What's going on for you mentally? Are you feeling depressed? Are you feeling anxious? Mm -hmm. Are you feeling all of these things that could contribute? Are you feeling resentment Mm -hmm. towards your partner? Have you been harboring feelings that have not come out. Um, and socially, like what is your attitude towards sex and yeah. pleasure? Mm-hmm. A lot of the times we have stories going on in our heads about sex and pleasure that we don't even really realize are there. Yeah. And they're from the media or from our families or mom told me that if you do X, Y, and Z, you're a slut. So I can't do those things. Right. And you have no idea that that's playing in the background the whole time. And that's why you're not orgasming in bed. Right. Because you know, only sluts do that. Yeah, like right. mom's generation is a really good open group of people. <laughs> right. <laughs> so really like being non-judgmental with yourself and the relationship and coming at it again from this attitude of curiosity mm-hmm. of how can we make this better? What could be contributing to this? And just listing it all out and then talking about it with your partner. Mm-hmm. I love Anything that. You- I think that one of the the most important aspects when it comes to feeling like your libido's low or all of a sudden like the intimacy is starting to dry up, um, while looking at that from equal parts of your relationship, like both partners looking at the reason why and discussing it, it's really important to acknowledge that sometimes it can be one partner's, I don't want to say fault, but the reasons can lie with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that happens all the time if, you know, one particular thing stresses the one partner out more than anything else, it can really start affecting that aspect. I mean, what should that happen to us way early on in our relationship, like in the so-called honeymoon phase, because all of a sudden we hit a really weird patch when we first moved in together of, we didn't know how we were going to pay rent that month. Mm. Like all of a sudden, like some things mm-hmm. had kind of fallen out. Mm-hmm. Forgot we about weren't that. sure. Yeah. Cause the restaurant lied. Well, it's a long some, story. Yeah. <laughs> We were promised X. X was not there. Yep. We dealt yep. with Y and figured that out. And that's also But we had no we sex for like two months. Yeah, it, but it, like in the honeymoon phase too. It was like in our first yeah. year of dating. And uh, it was just I, that it was like a mental block. And yeah. it was so weird too, because at first we tried to like go through the motions and it felt so like raw. It was weird. Yeah. And we, uh, we really had to look back at that very early on in our relationship. So if you are experiencing that, what would you recommend? Like, are there things that they could do to kind of try to get out of that, that place? Yes. Or the what first thing things? I'd recommend to do is get a piece of paper and write down every single thing that you're bothered by. <laughs> okay. Are you stressed out about this? Are you stressed out about that? Is the car not working? Do you yeah. have this coming up? What's this going on here? Did you stub your toe yesterday? Does that hurt? Is so your favorite pair of jeans ruined? Like, write everything down that's bothering you. Yeah. So it's like all about what your mental space is living yes. in. Yep. Make some space mentally before you can try to do anything new or change anything. And then on a physical level, the place that we like to have couples start is get undressed, get naked. You are not allowed to have sex. Mm. You are actually not allowed to put your mouth on any place besides <laughs> lips and like okay. lips on your face. Okay. <laughs> Thank, you yeah. Thank you for specifying. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so taking off all your clothes and actually cuddling and yeah. making out naked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that actually is so good. And it actually leads perfectly into my next question from our listener. Cause she was talking about how, you know, it's like, 
you have these intimate moments that happen with your partner, and I guess her partner doesn't show affection a lot from a physical standpoint. Um, but when he does, it's like holding hands or cuddling, and it's rare, but it always feels like it has to lead to sex. It always feels like it has to like move in that direction. So like, how do you navigate that? Is that common? Like, can you, can you touch on that a little bit? Well, so that sounds like a love languages thing mm. because the, the partner who wants to hold hands, that's a physical contact love language thing. Yeah. And that's something that we actually, oddly enough, uh, kind of went through because that is not a love language that I speak necessarily, but Rachel's is physical contact. And early in our relationship, it was like, she would put her like legs on me in the couch or like hand on my leg while we're driving or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was really difficult to not think that same way where I'm like, mm. is she trying to have sex right now? Mm. It would get to the point where I'm like, can you just stop touching me? Like I, <laughs> I need some sort of space, space. Yeah. or like, what are you trying to do? Or like, what's your goal here? Like I always thought there was, that the there was a reason. Mentality. Yeah. It was yeah. like, what's your purpose for touching me? And I'm like to touch you. Yeah. Like, but why? Yeah. To touch you. <laughs> <laughs> and that was really difficult to understand. So I, in that aspect, Understanding how you show love and receive love mm-hmm. is really, really important because it helped me understand the reasons why I've done a lot of things that kind of didn't make sense for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it also explained to me why Rachel wanted to touch me all the time. And totally. almost like that, my annoyance at it evaporated. I completely resonate with you, Kyle, because my husband's is physical touch and mine is not. Um, So I also was always like, you just want to have sex all the time, which I mean, to be fair, he does. But in the (laughs) same vein, it's like we can still be on the couch and cuddling and it doesn't necessarily mean that that has to lead to that. Um, Yeah. What's your what's your love language? Mine is uh, acts of service. Okay, I like to do things for people to make them feel good and -hmm. relaxed. I love that. I feed people. Yeah, he if you ever visit, Ooh. I'm gonna feed you. That's just I'm the way totally it is. coming to Denver. I've always <laughs> wanted to come to Denver, so now I have a legitimate reason to come. Oh, one hundred Chicago on Frontier are super cheap. Okay, go. Yeah, I'm coming. Like I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> come, we're ready. Um, yeah, no, that's awesome. And if you guys don't know what the five love languages are, and you're listening to this, I highly recommend that you either take the test online. You can just look it up. It's called Five Love Languages, or there's also a book attached to it, and it really goes into like the ins and outs of each of the five different ones. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's physical touch, quality time, which is mine, um, acts mm-hmm. of service, receiving gifts, and words of affirmation. You got it. Um, And it's really, really, really beneficial to take this with your partner because once you understand why you are the way you are and why they are the way they are, all of a sudden you can like all the things that were bothering you like about. Well, not maybe not all of them, but a lot of the things uh-huh. that you you felt really like confused by or didn't understand, I at least found in my personal relationship with my husband, it was because I was expecting him to want the same things that I wanted. Yes. Because that's all we know, right? right? We're living in our own bubble and I am a quality time person. I need that one-on-one connection. I need really fun date nights. I need to feel like we're doing new things together. It's so important for me to feel like we're growing and connecting in that way. And I'm like that with my friendships too. So if you're not in a relationship and you're listening to this, like it's really fun to also do with your best friends and kind of get a better idea of what they love too. Because I actually have found that a lot of my closest people in my life don't share my love language, which is really interesting. And 
explains a lot about why they have operated in certain ways and expect like, cause I just don't really care about like, um, acts of service. Like I could not give a crap about it. Like I'll clean the house. Like you don't need to do it. Like if you take the garbage out, I'm cool with it. But like, I, you know, I don't care. Um, but some people really love that. And so when I know that about them, I can then intentionally show up for them in that way. Right. And it's such a game changer and it's just by the small little test. So do yourself a favor and take it. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Well, the funny thing is, is that not only is the the acts of server, the love languages test really, really helpful. Oddly enough, another great thing to do with your partner is we all took the Myers-Briggs tests Mm. like in high school, revisiting that, making sure you're still the same personality type. But then there's a website called the 16 personalities. Mm -hmm. And that's the best uh, understandable description of how your Myers-Briggs personality will affect your life because it breaks it down like this is how you can be at work. This is how you can Mm -hmm. be at home. This is how you can be with your friends. And it'll break that down really well. It helped me a lot understand um, a lot of my struggles and gave me a deeper understanding of myself, which allowed me to really show up with uh, with Rachel as a better partner. Well, and we're coming back to that same point about being able to understand yourself mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. in order to communicate with your partner. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a, a step that we skip a lot yeah. because we're like, well, what does my partner want? Well, how do I talk to him? Or how do I talk to her? So the constant like, no, no, no. people How do you want to get talked to first? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you receive love? How do yeah. you show love? And then expressing that and having that And I just, I also want to add, like, that's not selfish. I feel like so often, and especially this is something I struggled with because I'm such a people pleaser. Like, I, I'm a giver. That's who I am. And I feel like for so long, I didn't get to know who I was or what I needed because I didn't think it mattered because I was so other like other person focused. And I just want to say from personal experience, like when you put time into you and actually spend time getting to know yourself, you can show up for the people in your life in such a more powerful way. And so not only are you helping others, but you're also helping yourself in the process. And it's just this beautiful circle. So for sure. I love that acknowledgement. I was the same way, Amanda. Yeah like Mm -hmm. the exact same way. And it really wasn't until Kyle and I were together that it felt okay for me to put my needs first and be able to say, I need this from you. Yeah. Right. And the second I did, he was like, oh, okay. Cool. And I'm like, what? That, what's so, wait, was that that easy? easy? Like (laughs) all I needed to do was identify it and ask for it. And he's like, sure. Yeah. Whatever you need. Yeah. yeah. And maybe partners won't necessarily be that receptive. Um, cause you guys are kind of, like you said, a unicorn. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. but I think working on that and, and just really, yeah, really taking the time to make the space for you is going to mm-hmm. be huge for you in whatever relationship you're in. Um, and just in your life in general. So yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think that the thing we always come back to with, except it, the stuff is not easy. It's always a challenge to start doing these things, especially when you are going from like cold turkey no communication to like trying to work in communication yeah uh we give everything else in our lives so much more of a birth and understanding and time we yeah we schedule time for our dentist and our doctor and our car we if you are an athlete you practice that shit every single day you can Mm -hmm. if you're especially if you want to be good at being an athlete you rehearse everything if you're if you don't compete like on a course you go or like on a court, you go check out the place you're going to go compete ahead of time because you want to know how you're going to interact with that course. Yeah. Or whatever. Everyone does it. We take our kids to a, you know, a million soccer games to practice or whatever, but we never sit down and like practice our relationship mm-hmm. or practice being in a good relationship or how that looks only on your end of it. 
Yeah. Like, how can I be a great player of this relationship? Oh, when I, walk I up love to that it? analogy because you're so right. Like we don't put the time into it and no. it's, it comes back to the priority thing. Like you need to yep. make your relationship a priority if you want it to work, period. Right. Yeah. And if it's not a priority and you're unhappy with it, that's probably why, mm-hmm. because it's not your then. priority. Yeah, yeah exactly. And yeah. you're not showing up to like your team. Yeah. To Show up to the game. <laughs> yes. But for so many people, that's like the thought process it has to be in because yeah. we treat our relationships like the very last thing we need to focus on. Yeah. But we're all expected to have these long-term successful monogamous relationships by society <laughs> standards. Yeah. Right. Fuck that. But we, right, but we never exactly. get told how or like what that means or right. how to prioritize that or how to schedule that. It's and insane. with half of our parents being divorced, yeah. how's that oh going? God, we yeah. all didn't exactly get the best, you know, sorry, mom and dad, if you're listening, but like, I think they'd agree. Like we didn't have the best There's example a, of communication if, by a long shot. If half of couples are getting divorced still, and I think it's low, I think it's like 49% now. So congratulations, less than half, but that's still not okay. It's a huge failure rate for yeah. something that's ex- expected of almost everybody. He was yeah. using air quotes for those of you who couldn't yeah, see. Yeah, I keep t- I talking. I do that too. It's really hard for the too. podcast. Like, ah. I'm always like talking on the podcast being like, I can't see what I'm doing. But. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but you're so right. Like I, I personally really resonate with everything you just shared too. So I just think, yeah, I think navigating that as the best you can and just, just yeah, moving forward is all you can do. And choosing... Yeah to work on each other and work together. If you are in a relationship, it's, it's not, it's not easy and it's not like it's work. And I think that so, so many people go into a marriage or a partnership or whatever the fuck and just expect that like after a while, like after the honeymoon stage, like, "Mm, well, like you're just have to be with me forever now. Like that's how this works. And it's like, no, actually like you have to put in the work too. And it's about, you know, if that means going to see like a, a counselor and talking about it because you need a third party, cool, do that. Like, mm-hmm. if it means that you guys need to start being more communicative with one another, cool, make time for that. If you need to go on date nights and make a weekly date night a part of your routine, great, put it on your Google calendar that you share together. Like, yes, right. yes. you have to choose each other. Right. right. And it's a choice every single day to Mm -hmm. choose each other and to choose to prioritize the relationship that you're building. Yeah. And if it's not a relationship that you want to choose anymore, that's okay too. But it's about Mm -hmm. communicating that and and being open with yourself and And the why you're choosing not to be in that relationship anymore. Right. Exactly. Which we, I feel like it's a whole other podcast topic. So we're obviously going to have to have you guys come back. Um, All right. One more listener question, because I really do want to dive into this one because it it is something a lot of my listeners struggle with. And that's yeah. um, about intimacy after sexual trauma, um, specifically like panic attacks during sex with supportive, like a supportive partner that you are, feel really comfortable with or, you know, f- having flashbacks or memories like associated with those things and how to navigate that. I know this is a huge topic, but maybe we can touch on it and come back to it later. Absolutely. So first of all, whoever wrote in, you fucking rock. Yeah. I concur a hundred percent. And I know they're listening (laughs) right now. Beautiful. Um, it to acknowledge that there is something going on Mm -hmm. that's coming up from the past is huge Mm -hmm. and it's scary. And I also want to acknowledge that so many of us have trauma in the sex area Mm -hmm. and validate that for anybody listening, it doesn't, it can be rape 
it can be assault, but it also doesn't have to be. Mm -hmm. It could be a really negative experience that traumatized you. Mm -hmm. It, It can really be anything. And there's a question I get asked a lot is what is trauma? Like, how do I know if I had trauma? You know, yeah. if you're shaking during sex, you probably had a sexual trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's just the first piece um, to acknowledge and validate anybody out there listening. Who's like, well, I don't know if mine's a trauma and you know, I wasn't raped. Um, we don't have to, you know, it's not a competition of what trauma counts as trauma. Mm-hmm. If it feels traumatic, it's a trauma, mm-hmm. period. It's your experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love the clarification of the partner being so supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, that's incredible. Yeah. And that's usually the first thing that we talk about is does your partner know mm-hmm. what happened, what's going on? Um, second thing is how are you personally on your side of the fence handling that trauma? So are you going to therapy? Have you tried EMDR? Um, Who else knows about the trauma? Like moving away from it Mm -hmm. and starting to heal from it and sharing that experience with your partner. Um, Yeah, there's just so much stuff around this. And I think we'll we'll have you back and talk about this more in depth because I definitely know this is something a lot of women struggle with and something that I think is finally coming to the surface in a really like public mm-hmm. way right now, which I think is really powerful. Um, so we'll, yeah, we'll definitely have you come back on it and uncover this, but I, I also just want to honor anyone who is listening and, and is feeling that way because you guys, uh, whatever you've been through in your life, whether you know, are cognizant of it or not, um, like sh- sex is, is, is a whirlwind and it can, it can unleash a lot of things that you may not have known about feelings, um, and past sexual traumas, but also like body image things. I mean, and that's a whole other whirlwind in and of itself as well. So just being aware and going back to the curiosity aspect of things and being open with your partner is always sounds like the best thing to do in this case. So, Oh, absolutely. So that your partner doesn't think that they did something to cause that because that is one of the scariest feelings. Right. And I think we can all relate to that no matter gender experience. If your partner starts responding during a sexual experience in a way that's not excited and Mm -hmm. into it, yeah, it's terrifying. And we immediately go to what did I just do? even when we know that there's something in the past. So it's, it's that communication piece is so important. Oh my goodness. I could talk to you guys about this forever. Seriously. This has been so, so helpful. And I know my listeners are like snapping their fingers right now and taking, you better be taking notes. If you know that I'm all about taking notes. So take notes. (laughs) If you're not taking notes and you're in the shower or running or in your car, come home, press pause, press play again, and then take notes, go back to the beginning. (laughs) Um, all right, we're, we're going to end with like some fun little fast questions um, just to like kick things off at the end. Cool. So are you guys ready? Awesome. Yeah. Ready. Okay. Weirdest place you've ever had sex? Disneyland. Ooh. Wait, are we answering this together or separately? Separately. separately. Oh. <laughs> On an airplane <laughs> at 30,000 feet. Yes. Okay. That's something I want to check off, but it's kind of those in the bathrooms question mark where okay because those are hard like how do you navigate that international flight 
Mm. Not with the bathroom me. banks are mm. in the middle of the plane and the doors face each other. And the handicap bathroom on international flights over the Atlantic is large enough. Pro tips. All right. Next time you're on an international, <laughs> international Still flight. Still a felony, apparently. Oh, what? No way. Okay, maybe don't do it then. Allegedly, I did that. Oh, my God. Too funny. Mine was in a Banana Republic changing room. Ooh. That's even riskier, though, because like the door that. doesn't shut all the way. Yeah. And there's like well, the gap. It did. Yeah, you're right. It did have the bottom. We were sneaky. What can I say? That's good. All right. Favorite date night experience? Disneyland. <laughs> uh, I would say. No, no, no. I have a different one, actually. Okay. No, go ahead. Chicago, our first date. Uh, Rachel took me to the Aviary. It is a bar that I've been wanting to Shut go to for, for a very long time. For your first date, you went to the Aviary? Not the first date, but. Oh, is this oh. first date experience? No, no, or no, just any date, dating experience. favorite date. Yeah, this is the best dating experience. Rachel surprised me with uh, two, with a, you know, tasting for two of like a six cocktail it's food so pairing fun. at the Aviary in Chicago. And I didn't know I was going until we were at the airport. I had a bag packed in secret, a fake schedule from my boss, and airline tickets I didn't know That's about. That's so fun. Okay, yeah, pause for a second. Next time you guys come back to Chicago and go to the aviary, but go to the office. Have you heard of the office? No. So it's oh, their little speakeasy underneath, and you get a pairing. Yeah, Kev did this for my birthday a couple years ago, and it was so fun. You get a drink pairing with a food, and everything is – there's like maybe 10 people in the space for the whole night, nice. and it's unfucking real If you live in Chicago – don't tell them I sent you because they'll get mad. <laughs> but, but go and try and get your. You have to like know a person who like knows the info. It's crazy. Yeah. So let me know That's if you guys are here and awesome. I'll hook you guys up. Yeah. Oh, we will for sure. Super good. I think my favorite date experience was actually. So Kyle and I were long distance for the first six months of our relationship. And mm-hmm. a huge part of my life is theater. And me too. Yeah. He came to visit me and Wicked was playing uh, oh at the theater at like the theater where all the national tours came through where I was living. And so I got us tickets and I expressed to Kyle that I was very excited. Like I really expressed my hopes for expectations of the <laughs> evening. Um, and he surprised me by buying a, a new suit and got me tiffany earrings oh my gosh and so the night of the show i come out of the bathroom getting ready in like my dress and he's standing in the suit that i'd never seen before holding a tiffany box um okay you guys are setting the bar real high right now for dates (laughs) just want to put that out there into the universe (laughs) i mean those earrings did break a series of times over the years to get replaced by tiffany and now we have one of them i don't know the other one went it fell out in a parking garage in redondo beach (laughs) <laughs> somewhere in Redondo Beach, well, California. Someone go look for it. Yeah, <laughs> someone <laughs> find it and enjoy it. <laughs> oh my god, I was gonna be like a picnic. <laughs> you guys are like all these hey, crazy. We've had we've had those we've too. Had those too. And we do those more often. Yeah. Um, especially since we've been doing our own business, those mm-hmm. more extravagant things have gotten less and less. Right. Um, but I think it's important to yeah. remember that, like. They were about surprising each other yeah. and bringing joy to each other based on the other person's likes. likes. Yeah. yeah, that's so huge. I was about to say, because one that just popped into my mind was um, Kev took me archery shooting. There's like an archery oh, range cool. in Chicago. 
Um, and I used to do that when I told him about the story when I was at summer camp when I was a kid and I used to love doing it. And like we would have these color wars and I was always the person that did the archery section because I would get a bullseye every time because I kicked ass at it and I loved it. But I haven't done it in like 10 years. And he like surprised me and took me to this and he hates surprises. So like the fact that he surprised me in and of itself was huge. But That's like amazing. Yeah. And then we went to this archery range and just like shot arrows for an hour. And he like learned how to do it too because he hadn't really done it before so it was fun yeah quality time checkbox yes exactly (laughs) exactly cool all right and then last question uh best movie of all time when harry met sally oh good one wow (laughs) that was fast i was gonna say disneyland again but it didn't work i'm sorry i didn't set you up (laughs) that one's hard for me i really like movies and i i I really like movies Mm -hmm. i'd have to say I always have like a, I have a favorite band, a favorite book and a favorite movie. Like that's like the average favorite. Cause I feel like I can give 10 answers, Yeah. but it's the movie collateral with Tom Cruise mm. and Jamie Foxx okay. just because it, it's, it's really, really well-made. Tom Cruise plays a bad guy for once. Jamie Foxx is incredible. Whole thing. Super good. Soundtrack, cinematography, fan, fucking fantastic. Cool. Good, good, good answers. All right. And then I always like to end the podcast on this note, but how do you guys, or how would you, what would you consider it is to live a fuck yes life on your, from your perspective? Oh, I love that. Be able to at least once a week, dig down inside and be like, what do I really want? Like, what do mm. I want right now? And give yourself that want at least once a week. Cool. Hmm. I'm going to go with giving yourself the compassion to be exactly who you are. Mm. Love that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You guys are, you guys are amazing. I know you guys are probably like dying to get to know how to get in contact with both of these guys. You guys, they have a podcast. They have an amazing member hub and their mission is incredible. And I know you guys have already heard me talk all about that, but can you guys share how they can get connected with you guys? All of this will be in the show notes for you guys. Absolutely. Well, yeah. first of all, thank you for having us. We yeah. love you too. Oh my God. Um, you're like the only other person in the world that I know loves using the word fuck as much as me. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's my so I feel word. like we bonded over that right away. <laughs> right away. So thank you for having us. That's that a musical theater. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we have a million different ways you can get mm-hmm. in touch with us. So our website is rightwellnesscenter.com. And then we have, like you said, a member hub, and that's where all of those free resources live. So the communication scripts, the family meeting, um, we have a masturbation guide for women. It's masturbation 101. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um, and then we have 53 questions to learn and relearn about your partner, which mm. is all based on research of what is the foundation of a successful relationship. So They're all of those too. live in our member hub. It's rightwellnesscenter.com slash member. Mm-hmm. And you can sign up right there. And then the other best way to get in contact with us is our Facebook group. Um, It's the therapeutic online community from Right Wellness Center. It's rightwellnesscenter.com slash community. We'll take you right there. Yeah. Perfect. And we would love to have you. Yeah, you guys, I am in all of the things (laughs) with them. And I can tell you from experience that it is just, there's all the the conversations happening. And if you are struggling with anything that we have talked about today, whether it's relationships, sex, even like mental health, that's something we hardly even touched on, but that's a big part of what, um, what both of them do. It just like really, really, I cannot empower you enough to just reach out and, and, and share with these amazing, like with your partner, share these resources, like do these things, like actually take action on these things. Um, and if you need a support, 
you need a support, you know where to go, go share in their Facebook community. We'll be talking about this in our Facebook community. So just, yeah, yeah, it's all about loving. It's all about embracing all the crap in your life. And this is a huge part of what we navigate as humans. So yeah. yeah. Thank you guys for being here. Like Kyle said before, we're expected to have these things and nobody tells us how. Right. Yeah. And so having a space to really, our goal is to bring up the things that are hard and difficult to talk about normally. Yep. You know, things that have the stigma, that have the shame, that don't need the stigma or the shame. Yeah. And that we all experience. Yeah. And I honor you guys for doing that because that's my goal with this podcast too, is just like be real as fuck and just like eliminate the the shit that we feel like we can't talk about or that we can't be vulnerable about because we're all going through it. And if we talk about it and share it, oh, hey, maybe we're not actually as alone as we thought we were. So thank you guys for sharing your hearts and coming on the podcast. We will definitely have you back. And until next time, have an awesome day. Awesome. Thank Thank you. You too. And there you have it. Thank you so much, Rachel and Kyle, for coming on the podcast and sharing your hearts, your relationship, and just your honest, real selves. It gave me so much warmth, and I hope that you are feeling the same way. If you have any questions about anything they shared, uh, make sure that you hop on into our Facebook community. Rachel is in there, and I know that she is 100% willing to answer any questions you guys may have. Moving on, she is and Kyle are definitely going to be coming back on the podcast um, to talk more about mental health and and sex and trauma and all that stuff. So definitely, definitely keep your eyes peeled for that in the future. Um, and if you want to check out all the stuff about the episode and all the show notes we talked about, you can either check it out in your podcast app or head on over to amandacatherineloy.com slash podcast slash nine. Have an amazing rest of your week, you guys. I am just so freaking honored to be on this journey with you. Come say hello. Shout out the podcast when you're listening and tag Live Your Fuck Yes Life so I can see what you guys are up to. And on that note, have a beautiful week and I'll catch you next time. 